Hello, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to the Liberty Report. With us today is Daniel McAdams, our co-host. Daniel, good to see you. How are you this morning, Dr. Paul? I am doing fine, radiant, rare, and to go. Right. Uh, you know, during the early part of this century, when we were working hard, I always kept thinking, we're trying to stop a war. Uh -huh. You know, this is serious business. And uh, we failed. They still had their war. Yeah. Lasted for 20 years. And uh, we're still at the same business. But I guess that's a that's a characteristic of, uh, uh, you know, most most history in most countries, there's always seemed to be a war out there. But there certainly has been periods of times when nations have uh, lived with peace, and uh, I don't think it's impossible where we wouldn't spend our time doing this. But right now, we've been trying to prevent the escalation of the war in, in Ukraine. And uh, uh, we've been concerned about it for a long time, but we've got very concerned about it. We've been, been talking about it incessantly, and that is since uh, 2014, uh, when, when the coup occurred, when uh, the Russian leading government elected in Ukraine uh, was uh, removed by you-know-who. <laughs> yeah. uh, the United States had a coup and the British were involved, and really it was uh, uh, NATO. And you know, one thing I've noticed in the paper recently, Daniel, has been that they've uh, taken uh, they tell me, well, this is going to ratchet up, or this is a war between NATO and Russia, uh, Russia and NATO. And, uh, and before it was always just Russian aggression, and they still do that. But uh, I think they've nailed it down there. It's Russia and uh, NATO. But uh, what, what we want to do as our viewers to be concerned about and look at what part of NATO is uh, is U.S. government. Mm -hmm. <laughs> of course, we think uh, we are it, and that's how we carry our foreign policy. But uh, we've uh, talked about it now for these uh, last several months, the last year, about the potential escalation talking, and uh, uh, which uh, sometimes stirs up a lot of trouble. But it was the financing that we thought uh, has been crazy because it always leads to more, and it always leads to more threats, and there's always a cost. And uh, uh, in this case, so far, uh, we're fortunate that Americans aren't dying, but the Americans are paying for it, and a lot of other people are dying. And uh, right now, uh, we, we see the ratcheting up where the Patriot missile, it's symbolic, but it's also very militaristic. And uh, it looks like they will be sent. They cost a couple bucks, and uh, also they say, a defensive weapon. Don't worry, American people. We we just do defensive stuff. But uh, I think uh, I think it's a mini uh, mutual assured destruction mm -hmm. program where if uh, if Russia does anything more, we have to know how to destroy them. So we're going to put weapons uh, in Ukraine that can reach into Russia. I see it nothing but negative, and we could probably list if we decide. Right now, today, we're going to list our five worst things uh, that's happening in, in uh, Ukraine. We probably could come up with five worst things. But the number one thing is the escalation, the escalation of the war there and getting it out of control. And uh, even the planners for war, uh, those individuals who run the military industrial complex, uh, they, uh, they may be warmongers. But maybe there's still a few in the in, in that business aren't purposely saying, "Well, tomorrow I hope the war starts." Uh, matter of fact, sometimes we say that you know when there's a setback and we lose uh, the Ukrainians lose a lot of weapons, they they say, 
the military into a complex that, hey, that's good, <laughs> you know, that gives us another, another, uh, uh, you know, uh, another opportunity to pr produce more weapons. But anyway, this was announced, and it's probably not going to come up overnight, but it looks like it'll come up soon. But this is a little, a bit of a shift uh, in the process. It's intervention that remains, it's, but it's escalating just as we have worried about. Yeah, and let's put up that first clip because this is a significant escalation. The Biden administration has denied this for quite some time that it's going to send in Patriot missile uh, batteries to Ukraine. Uh, but it was noted, and I think CNN broke the story yesterday, late yesterday, that there has been a decision. Of course, unnamed sources, so we don't know, but uh, that there has been a decision. Um, and I, I could only guess that because nothing else has worked thus far, the HIMARS have not been the game changer that they were promised to be, the routinely being shot down. So nothing else has been working to defend against uh, Russian-used Iranian-designed drones and other missiles into Ukraine. So they're sending in their flagship missile defense system, which is the Patriot missile system. Uh, you can definitely see it as an escalation for a number of reasons. First of all, it is our flagship. It is the top-notch of what we produce here in the U.S. Uh, and if you look at that next clip, you'll find out who produces it, of course. Uh, this is from that same AP article. Ground-based air defense systems such as Raytheon Technology Corps Patriot. Of course, our defense secretary is from Raytheon, so I'm sure he'll get a thank you from his former colleagues. But the issue of this is that it's the, the top missile that we have. We're sending it in, but there are a, a number of other things about it that are important. And the first of all, I would say is the money. And you mentioned how much money is going in. Well, here's a tweet from Kim.com, who's very, very good on this, is a brilliant guy, and put this up if you can, because he's making this point and it's been made elsewhere too. The issue, of course, when money is not an object is one thing, and for us, apparently, it's not an object. But he points out, Ukraine now gets U.S. Patriot missiles that cost the U.S. taxpayer $3 million per missile to shoot down $30,000 Russian drones. Some would argue that maybe they're less than that. The Russians can fire 100 drones for each US Patriot missile. The Pentagon strategists call this unbalancing Russia. <laughs> so the idea is, if it's just money, it's just our money. $3 million a pop, uh, we're sending the missiles over to shoot down basically uh, $10,000 drones. You know, in a way, I, I, I get amazed at times about how, how well uh, the current government and people in the government who have power and clout and uh, the uh, military industrial complex seems like they coordinate things, you know, f fair, fairly well. But I keep thinking, what well, did the did the government, the bad people, the hawks in government create Raytheon or did uh, Raytheon, you know, all of a sudden, you know, get powerful enough that the government, uh, you know, goes along with their lobbyists? And I've decided it isn't one or the other. It, it must be it, the individuals talk to each other. And we know that because uh, the way the, the, way the uh, big uh, uh, man, arms manufacturers do it, they talk through the members of Congress. And uh, there was a couple of times they tried to get in my office. <laughs> and and uh, you were my protector. You say, no, we, we're not for sale. <laughs> so they, didn't, they couldn't get in the door. But uh, it is a symbiosis there, and it's, it's, there is a lot of money made, uh, and some of them are, you know, convinced they don't want to think about the money, even though the evidence is pretty strong. What they, what they, they have to come up with another reason, so 
every war that we get invo involved in, whether it's Syria, whether it's Iraq, Iran, Afghanistan, Ukraine, it's always for national security purposes. We have to protect our, our liberties and, uh, and we have to protect our constitution and our freedoms. Can you think of anything more challenging uh, to our, our constitutional way of life than, than our foreign policy. I can't because yeah. the foreign policy is that flawed and the, people, the American people are too complacent and they go along with it and they certainly didn't get, they, I don't even think the word was mentioned hardly in the last election and uh, you know the Congress uh, uh, was up for grabs. So it's, uh, it's, it's an issue that we work real hard at trying to present to the people uh, because I remember so well, and I've said, you know, the Vietnam War it took a while, you know, for for demonstrations and killing and dying for for the people in Congress finally say enough is enough, and they went out, and they're still, even today, you could find somebody in Washington said, well, the main problem with Vietnam was we didn't stay there and win the war. So uh, there, there are the diehards, and then they're patriots when they take it. That's it. You're not a patriot if you say, "Oh no, we got to protect the profits of Raytheon." Yeah. No, you're not allowed to say that. But you're preserving our liberties. Then, uh, then people are supposed to roll over and accept it. Yeah, you know there are a few things about these Patriot missiles. First of all, they're not plug and play. You don't just drop them off, you plug it in, and you go ahead and shoot down Russian missiles. They're very, very complicated, very complex weapon systems. You have to train for months upon months, uh, they cost about a billion dollars per battery. So each one of those batteries was filled full of three million dollar missiles costs a billion dollars. Most of that, from what I understand, is in the computer and the software, the targeting uh, uh, capabilities that they have. So it raises a couple questions, Dr. Paul. First of all, have Ukrainian soldiers been secretly training with NATO on how to operate Patriot missile systems? Now that is a possibility and it raises all sorts of questions. Are they training in Germany? Where are they training to run these if it's the case? If it's not the case, will, uh, will NATO soldiers be brought in to operate these systems from within Ukraine? Uh, and if they're not training right now, uh, and they announce the, the, that we're sending the Patriot missiles over, there's going to be a lag time of several months before they, before they become operational, unless, of course, we have been training, or unless NATO troops will be going in there to operate them from within, within Ukraine. And that raises the next point, which is the, uh, the chairman of the National Security, the deputy chairman of the National Security Council of Russia, Dmitry Medvedev, who is a former president. We can put on that in this next clip. He's made it very clear. Um, he posted the following warning statement directed at the U.S. in his Telegram channel. He says, if Stoltenberg hinted, if as Stoltenberg hinted, NATO supplies Kiev fanatics with Patriot complexes along with NATO personnel, they will immediately become a legitimate target of our armed forces. I hope the Atlantean impotents understand this. So he's making it very clear. If you put in NATO troops to operate these Patriot missiles inside Ukraine, we will target them. We will kill NATO troops. That is the real significant escalation, in, in my opinion, not just the arrival of these Patriots. And yet it looks to me like our, uh, you, you know, uh, foreign policy experts just totally ignore it. They don't believe it and uh, they rationalize it. Yet, to me, that's the most significant thing, that they've, they've been blunt, they've said they would do, and, and why should they say that if they're not willing to do it? So it's a, this whole argument and the, the number of missiles <coughs> has to do with miles, because we have Patriot missiles in Poland, 
but they're not quite far enough to reach into Russia. They don't want to do that. But it's it's a distance, and this one would would reach in. And uh, if you told uh, the the patriots in the Congress, uh, pseudo patriots uh -huh. in the Congress, uh, they would say, well, what what you 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 are you, you bunch of uh, people you don't believe in any defense? They've been you know like I, they told me once a long time ago, they're attacking us. They fight. They're shooting at our bomb, yeah. our planes. But so they say, but the Russians are already bombing uh, Iran. I mean, uh, 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 Ukraine. <laughs> so Ukraine, they're already bombing them and they're sending them over there. So that's the justification. If you don't do it, you're a wimp. Yeah. So, but, that, but this is significant. And, uh, and, and yet they will have answers to, uh, uh, you know, satisfy the hawks because we still hear, especially in the Republican Party, but they're in the Democratic Party, too, but more so, more so than it was when we were there. You yeah. know, uh, the, we, we could find, uh, you, know, you know, allies more in the Democratic Party than the Republican Party. But let's hope that changes. Yeah. <clears throat> and, you know, it's going to be an issue if, if NATO soldiers who are overtly operating in Ukraine start coming home in body bags. There's going to be, uh, to this point, there's been little interest. And we've noted in the show many times, there's a waning interest, certainly among the American population. And I would say in Europe as well, there's a waning interest in Ukraine. People are sick of it. They call it Ukraine fatigue. But if you start seeing soldiers coming home in body bags, I think that might, that might change the calculation. We already know that thousands of Poles have been killed. Uh, we know that from mainstream press reporting of cemeteries on the border of Poland and Ukraine and people in local villages being irritated that these cemeteries are full of Polish soldiers now. So if they're operated by known NATO troops and NATO troops are killed in Ukraine operating these Patriot systems, the question is, what does NATO do next? I think, what does the Biden administration do next? Do they declare a no-fly zone, which is essentially a declaration of World War III? And will the Russians respond from, with an invasion from Belarus? You know, there's several hundred thousand troops over there that can cut off the supply lines, go down through Lvov and cut off the supply lines coming from Poland. That, of course, would be a big escalation. So there are a lot of questions about it. But there are also a lot of questions, and I've, I've listened to a few and read a few uh, military analysts, of which I am not one, so I, de I defer to their expertise. But they've said, that, Dr. Paul, that these really are a limited strategic use. Uh, now, these missiles are pretty good. They're not, they're not junk. But at best, they can maybe protect Kiev, maybe Odessa, maybe Lvov. They have a limited range of where they can protect. The strategic situation in Ukraine is such that it won't make an overall difference. And the other question is, how good are they really? Um, you know, uh, we know that the Houthis a few years ago, remember, they took out the Aramco oil fields in Saudi Arabia, which were defended by patriots, and that was a big blow. So they're, interestingly enough and ironically, when you talk about unintended consequences, this could actually be devastating for the U.S. military industrial complex, because if we send these patriots over and they're not very good, then Raytheon has got to go, <laughs> no one's going to buy yeah, our missiles. Yeah, I still worry about it. They send them over and they build them and they don't work, which we build a lot of weapons that don't work. They might just say, well, we just need more time. This was a cost overrun. We do it. <laughs> yeah. we bring it back. More money. Like the, like the F-35. Yeah. You know, forever, money's no problem. But you mentioned the whole issue that might wake up the American people and NATO people uh, will be body bags. And that's true, but there are a lot of body bags already, yeah. you know, but we've been able to sterilize that to the American people. Uh, if they don't see it, see the Vietnam War ended up on the television. But, but the, uh, what we're doing over there, the damage being done isn't there. 
That's why they should work. There's a little bit of it with the Republicans, uh, the few that are against, uh, you know, endless spending in Ukraine, is that uh, they have to tie that in because it's deficits, it's big, it's growing. They just spent, the, you know, past the uh, military budget and it's going up and people have to pay for it. And that's why it's hurting the American taxpayer if they want it in, on their lap. Uh, if they're, because it seems like they have, uh, have worked it out where, where we have no moral responsibility, you know, the average person in this country, moral responsibility for the body bags shared by a lot of innocent people who are in the crossfires, uh, Russians and Ukrainians. I don't think everybody, because there, there's some resistance we hear. I, I, I mean, you have to be patriotic just like in this country because you look like a bum if you don't go along with it. So there's a lot of that. But I, uh, I would say, I'll bet you, there's a lot of Russians that would like to see uh, this just go away and, uh, and Ukrainians as well. Uh, and, and they were sort of doing that and that's why I thought things would work out better after the end of the Cold War. But uh, I think symbolically, we would say the hopes for that were killed in uh, 2014 yeah. with the coup. Yeah. And you're absolutely right. The American people are going to have to pay for it. And they're going to pay for it with dollars that are declining in value continuously, which I think is a great uh, time to bring up the sponsor of this program, which is 4Patriots.com, the number 4Patriots.com. It's a company that provides food, long-term storage food that you can have in case of emergency. It's a great American company. They hire Americans. They give part of the profits to veterans organizations. But the best thing about them is that you can get a three-month supply, a six-month supply, as much as you like, of food that can store for 25 years. Extremely easy to, uh, to prepare, boil, simmer, simmer, serve. You don't know what's going to happen in the future. And the great news is the folks at 4 have given a 10% discount when you enter RON into the code. 10% off your first order and free shipping for any order over $97. Delicious food is available, not just for the end of the world, but for an ice storm or any other kind of weather you might have. Uh, and also other things such as solar generators and other great items that they have. So go to their website, 4 <coughs> Have a look at what they have available. Type in RON to get 10% off, which is a great deal and free shipping, and we appreciate the sponsorship of the company. Dr. Paul, we want to go on to the next topic, which is our favorite anti-war senator, Senator Sanders. Don't be cynical. <laughs> <coughs> That's not nice. No, there were times <laughs> when I would always cross my fingers and hope we could work with more of the progressives, and on a rare occasion, I was able to get something that uh, I could support with uh, Sanders. But uh, lately, he's gotten much worse, especially since he toes the line and he's willing to listen to Biden. But to, you don't listen to Biden because I don't think people know what he's saying. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't know what he's saying. <laughs> you know? So Sanders with, had, had a resolution and you and I talked about it. And we would uh, have uh, and I would have voted for it because it calls attention to this idiotic war that we support with the Saudis against the, the Yemenis. Yeah, you know, with the Yemen war. And all, all uh, Sanders wants to do is call attention to that, remove the so-called authority, which is not authority for us really to do it, but that's what they hide behind. So uh, it was at least to get a vote on it. And they were almost ready to vote. Yeah. And all of a sudden the message came down uh, and said, uh, 
you can't do it. Pull it off. The president says so. Yeah. And boom, it was gone. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, it, it, and it has to do with, well, then it gets very, very political. Uh, in a way, you say, well, that's good. Maybe, uh, uh, maybe a, few pe a few less people would be dying. But there's no end to this because this was a vote that said that we were absolutely going to protect uh, politically and I guess financially and weaponry, the uh, Saudi government, because they're the ones who have been attacking Yemen. Yeah. <laughs> so that, that was hailed as a, as a victory for Saudi Arabia. And uh, I, I think that uh, uh, it's, it's a shame that we can't really build on this because the likelihood that uh, this thing would have had much resistance in the Republican Party, my guess would be they wouldn't have gotten a whole lot of votes. Yeah. And it's interesting. I mean, there is a lot to unpack, you know, in this whole in this whole chapter. Uh, you know, there is some political cowardice, I think, that's evident in, in Sanders, and it has been for quite some time. He's not the maverick he likes to put himself up to be. But, you know, the, the, this issue came up a lot, as you know, Dr. Paul, during, when you were on the Hill with the Iraq War. And there were several of these special war powers resolution uh, acts, and the way it's, it's complicated, and I won't spend a lot of time talking about it, but it essentially almost guarantees you a floor vote. And you and, and uh, Representative Kucinich did this many times, despite your misgivings over the fact that it cites as authority an act that you think is unconstitutional, the War, war Powers Act. Resolution. So it's problematic, but you, you always decided that the benefit of essentially drawing attention to the war was worth the cost of doing something that wasn't completely kosher, maybe. So here we have Sanders ready to burnish his anti-war credentials and bring this to the floor of the Senate, when, as you point out, Biden gives him a phone call and says, what are you doing? Are you insane? Don't you understand? that my green agenda has destroyed our economy. We won't drill for oil. We won't, you know, <laughs> we won't put any drilling anywhere. We are dependent on Mohammed bin Salman for everything. And if we irritate him, I'm gonna be toast. So wake up and smell the coffee. And Bernie, of course, says, yes, sir, and takes it off the floor. And uh, he might have added, in Venezuela, we're looking forward to a happy relationship with this <laughs> Venezuela. We don't want to drill up here and ruin our green, you know, environment here. But Venezuela, we'll go down there. And you know what? We have a few business people that's willing to invest. Yeah. And uh, all I can think of uh, colonization. Once again, we're recolonizing. And they're desperate. But isn't it, it's so ironic that uh, Biden can get away with destroying, uh, you know, the whole system. Of course, the uh, economic crisis comes from the bigger picture of the Fed and all. But uh, when, when it comes to energy, he did really add fuel to the fire. I mean, uh, the Fed was a, a menace and they still are a menace. But, uh, but uh, the Greenies are a, a real menace, too. And that to, that to me is just um, amazing that he could go to even to Venezuela <laughs> and restore that. And uh, not much is said about it. People but but it, it just doesn't make any sense. The only way I can ever get around it, just trying to understand this, that their purpose isn't to uh, use common sense. Their purpose is to cause chaos. The purpose is to destroy our cities, destroy our country, bankrupt our country, 
because cultural Marxism teaches that we have to rebuild from the beginning. We have to destroy what we have. And that, that philosophy has been around since Marx was alive, yeah, you know. Yeah. And, uh, and they're doing a pretty good job there. I mean, things are not get, getting better on the streets. And I think it's only really beginning. I think that, you know, uh, the handwriting on the wall is what's, what we see in, in uh, San Francisco and these other cities. And uh, the country could end up like that. People say, oh, no, that's not possible. We have gated communities and, and we will be protected. But ultimately, it's very, very dangerous for us here because there will be breakdown of law and order. And that, to me, is a scary thing. Indeed. Well, I'm going to close with a graphic. It's funny because when we were talking about the show, we were deciding, to, do we have a little closure? I said, I didn't have one. I didn't have one. But then I remember that I have a really good one. And this is a, an excellent graphic representation of the money that the U.S. Is, government, our money that the U.S. government is sending to Ukraine. If we can queue up that Vimeo video, and we're only going to play a part of it. This, I'm gonna, let me set it up before you start playing it. Each one of these dots, Dr. Paul, represents 100,000 U.S. tax dollars sent to Ukraine. Now, they're color-coded. The red is military. Uh, the blue is for the Ukrainian government. And the orange is for humanitarian aid. So if you watch this, this video goes on for two solid minutes. Think about it. Each one of these dots represents $100,000, which would be considered, I think, an excellent salary of a, for a person, for a family in the United States. Let's click and just watch it for 15 or so seconds. Look at this, Dr. Paul. These, each one of those is 100,000 bucks. And this goes on and on and on and on for two solid minutes. That's a real graphic representation of what the Biden administration and its supporters among Republicans are doing to the American economy and the American taxpayer. And I am going to close with a brief comment about uh, the meeting today, the Fed's meeting, and they, the uh, rumors are, and the consensus is that the Fed will uh, uh, lower interest rates by 0.5 instead of 0.75, but they uh, have led us to believe, or trying to get us to believe, that uh, the Fed believes that an inflation rate next year will be 2%. <laughs> and uh, they're so crazy because that's always been the goal for years and years, if we could only get it up to 2%, uh, because you know the way markets work, uh, uh, the response is not predictable with a computer. So I, I was always making fun of that. And I said, wait till they get, what if we get 2%, uh, you, won't, you better look quickly because it's not gonna last long. And then all of a sudden it's up to eight and nine and 10%, they say 7%. And uh, the one that they, they, they fed uh, is, you know, when they're willing to admit the truth, they're a little bit baffled because they've raised, uh, they've raised the interest rates from zero to four. And, but if, if the real price inflation rate is eight or 10, it's not even close. It's not going to solve the problem. And they're expressing confusion. They say, we've been doing this and all. So uh, we, uh, we, we're confused because there's not been a response yet. But next year, it's going to be, be a response. But, but in the meantime, have they changed their policy of, of still working on this old-fashioned Keynesian viewpoint? You keep raising interest rates until you really destroy the economy. Then prices will drop. It is, it is so stupid, and yet that's the kind of nonsense that's taught in our university. Uh, there are, how many uh, people do you think we met in Washington uh, that were Congress people? 
that knew much about the Austrian school and sound money school. I, I think, uh, I, know it's, I know it's less than five, yeah. you know. It's less well, there was one member who read Mises on the beach, remember that? <laughs> oh, yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> but, but anyway, uh, there'll be an announcement later today. Uh, gold may go sharply up or sharply down. These are accurate predictions. It, the gold is either going to go up sharply or sharply down. Stock market is going to go either up sharply or down or stay the same. And uh, tomorrow, things will not be any better because the statistics will be fudged and rigged and deceived because you can't even believe the figures of uh, when, when we get, if it does exactly what the government says, they're not going to give you those figures. You know, if the inflation rate is 12, do you think they're going to put that on the television endlessly? The people know. For some people, it's 12 and 15 percent. So it's not all the same for the same people. But anyway, that's in addition because it's related to this foreign policy and this spending that's endless in Ukraine is the fact we don't have a penny in the bank. So we, we borrow the money from somebody. And of course, we can't even keep up with paying the interest on the stuff we're borrowing. So we have to borrow more money to pay on the interest on the money we already borrowed. Uh, so that's why I get a little bit pessimistic about what we're doing. But I'm not pessimistic about what would happen if we accepted a much better economic system and talked about sound money. There's no reason to be pessimistic then. But right now, it's up for grabs. But we're here and we're going to constantly, you know, try to get this message out of peace and prosperity because I believe sincerely that's what people would enjoy. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today to the Liberty Report. Please come back soon.